things. And then I also make sure that one of the three on the list is something for the mom, not for the baby, not for the family, not for the neighbors. Like, and in the newborn phase, it might be like finding a time to take a shower. Like that's legit priorities, you know? Hey everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Entering Motherhood, a podcast dedicated specifically to new moms going through this amazing journey in life. I'm your host, Sarah Bilger, a postpartum nutritional coach slash mechanical engineer. And as always, I'm so excited to be here with you and share all the information I've been lucky enough to obtain since becoming a mom. In this episode, we talk with Deborah Kelly, who is a mom herself and also a life coach who works with moms and helps them to keep moving forward through all the seasons of motherhood. Hello, and welcome to Entering Motherhood. I am so happy to have you here and get this conversation started. So how about you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, My name is Deborah Kelly. I'm a certified life coach, and I also do health coaching. I primarily work with moms. I am a mom, and I, I describe myself as a mom first before anything else. I have two kids. My son is 12 and my daughter is two. And I also have two stepkids that are 13 and 16. So we're a house full of kids and they're primarily with me during the day. Um, And so it is a full time job in and of itself. But life coaching isn't my first career. I've come and gone in a couple of other spaces. I worked in health and exercise physiology for the first few years out of college. And then I was a first and second grade teacher as well as instructional coach. So I have a lot of kid experience and parenting experience um, to go along with all my other tricks. So you have a 12 and a two-year-old. That's a huge age gap. What it was, really is. What was going on there? <laughs> well, these my two kids have different fathers. So this is my second marriage. And so my youngest one is like a his, mine, and ours kind of thing. So we have the four of them, but she's our only one together. Oh, wow. That's so neat. And you yeah. said, so your, and your stepkids, you said were 13 and 16. So that, yes. that's a good mix with your 12-year-old then. Oh, yeah. It's great. And they, the three older ones get along really, really well. And it's really fun watching them learn how to care for a younger child and um, take turns like being with her and playing with her. No one's super interested in changing her diapers, but they do love to engage with her. And that's really fun to watch. And then how was that like going all the way back to that newborn stage after you've had these teenagers? (laughs) Yeah, it was it was crazy. And I was so fearful of having another child for that reason. but I. I actually look at it now as such a wonderful experience that I got to be present fully for my older kids while they were growing up. And then now I get to have that same experience with her. And I wasn't super torn between two toddlers. And I mean, it's stressful enough having one toddler. So getting to be able to tell the older kids, go make your own lunch. She's throwing a fit. I got to go deal with her. It's really, really wonderful that they're all super self-sufficient. Yeah. The older ones. Yeah. I guess yeah. I never thought of it that way, but you know, like a lot of the times, like I'm right now currently pregnant with my second and we have an almost two year old. So like, I am going to have like 
a toddler and a newborn. And like, you know, you can't just tell them to, you know, go over there like mommy's busy with the baby. Like, I mean, she is like able to play by herself and things like that. But yeah, like to be able to be like fully self-sufficient almost and just, you know, be yeah. able to dedicate that time to the, the baby. Yeah. But going back and doing it all again, man, I feel like it is such a crazy, like, I thought I was done with diapers. And so there are definite advantages for having your kids close together because you have that diaper bottle, bring everything you own everywhere you go phase. And then you get to pack that away and be done. So there's ups and downs to both, but it's really been better than expected in terms of how they get along and how they interact has been really a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I like was everything all packed up? Had you kept oh, any gone. of the baby? <laughs> no, we had to start over, buy everything again. Yeah, it was we weren't 100% sure we were done with babies. But then decided we weren't. So it's been really wonderful though and I'm very glad that we had her. Um she's been a really nice little addition and a good I don't know, the bow on the other kids, you know, tying it all together. Yeah. And then, so you said that you were a teacher for seven years. You were then teaching when you had your your first. Yes, I was teaching when I had him. I started teaching when I was pregnant with him. And then, um, so he was kind of growing up as I was in the classroom. And then the hardest year of the teaching years was when he was in the same grade that I was teaching because there was no separation between what I was doing at work and what I was doing as a mom. And the ages were the same and the homework was the same. And it just felt like everything was the same. <laughs> yeah. Like you couldn't almost like leave work at work. It was, it was at right. home too. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. I couldn't even like imagine what that kind of like transition was like, but what was, you know, what was like working and being a mom, like at the same time, like, like being a working mom. Well, that's, that's super difficult. And to add another layer is that I was a single mom at that time. So um, raising him by myself, plus working full time, it's unbelievable the depth to which you have to spread yourself thin and I mean, moms in all arenas have to do that, but you just continue to find your own strength as you deal with the things that you're dealt with. Like it never changes. Like you're always, there's always more demand than there is supply and the moms are just pushed so hard. So you just find that you can do it is really all that is happens. Like it might be tough and it might be uncomfortable, but it does get done. So were you a single mom in the newborn phase then too? Yes. So my son's father made his departure while I was newly pregnant with him. So from nine weeks pregnant until I got remarried when my son was almost five, um, I was a single mother all of that time. What was my husband and I were actually just having like a very similar conversation about this the other day. So it's funny that this is coming up. Yeah. But um, we were saying like, you know, how does that work? Like, you know, like they talk about, you know, like trading off tasks, like in the middle of the night, like waking up every few hours and like, oh, get your partner, you know, to wake up right. and do a feeding, like things like that. Did you have help? 
So never during the night. No, I never had help during the night. My mom was a tremendous help. She lived a couple miles away and she helped me during the day and she would help me pick him up from daycare if I got stuck at work or things like that. But no, it was all me. And I actually retold the story recently and this might really paint a very strong picture of what it's like to be a single mom of a young child is he was in the bathtub. We had a, a condo at the time to where the bathroom with the bathtub was nearest to the kitchen, which made no sense, but turned out to be really functional for a single mom. So I could be in the kitchen cooking with the door open to the bathroom, making the food, watching him in the tub, checking everything kind of back and forth. And then this was like my true, most honest single mom moment was when I had made my plate of food, closed the seat to the toilet, sat on the toilet and ate my dinner while my two-year-old son was in the bathtub. And I was like, this is it. Like, if you wanted to see what single mom life looks like, just take a picture right here. <laughs> yeah. You're just eating dinner, sitting on the toilet, watching them in the tub. Right. right. Nothing beats it. So yep. That's wild. So how has, you know, all this personal experience really helped you be able to help other moms and really like drive why you want to do what you're doing? Yeah, totally. So I feel like everything that I've dabbled in, all the jobs that I've had, all the life experiences that I've had, this I also have this kind of devastating medical diagnosis of a rare blood cancer um, coming up on two years ago. And that's when life coaching actually started for me. But I recognized through it all that like no matter what was being thrown at me, I had to just figure it out in some way, shape or form and then pick myself up off, pick myself up off the floor and just continue moving forward. And what after my medical diagnosis, I went through a couple therapists, none of whom I liked and it's circumstantial, I'm sure. There's many great therapists out there, but I wasn't connecting and I um I was pointed to the arms of a life coach through my sister who happened to be her tennis coach and um she was fantastic. Like her ability to take whatever was going on and transition it in your mind to a new way of thinking, that's when I realized like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. Life has not been easy for me, but I've, I'm able to continue. And after working with the life coach for a while, I saw myself recycling her advice anyway. Everyone I talked to, anybody going through anything hard, I always was recycling what I had learned. And at that point, I thought, I think this is why all these things have happened to me. I think this is like the culmination of why people go through hard things is to come forward with this way to make sense of it. And that's that's exactly why I'm life coaching now. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I love when people are able to really like see that and then utilize it and not just be like, why is all this stuff happening to me? But like, how can I process it, go through it, work through it, and then like, show other people that this is what's possible. And um, I think when you have that, like empowerment and that like ability to be able to share what you've been through, and be like, proud of the struggles that you've been through and and be able to then like, you know, shed light on it for other people. I think, you know, that in itself is just like huge because people need that. Like people need to see like, you know, maybe there's somebody that, you know, got through whatever and um, they're just like, yeah, like I did it. Like it's okay. And then like they stop right there. 
But like when you're able to see somebody else like struggling in that same situation or just something similar, like how you said that you were just like, you know, recycling all that advice and and you were like, oh, well, well, this helped me. And like sometimes, you know, like I think especially like being a new mom and, and going through those things, like sometimes there can be like advice that you're like, why are you telling me this? Or like some people are just like throwing like a bunch of like oh, all you have to do is like, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, like, that's not practical or like, you know, like things like that. But like, when there's actually useful information that you can help somebody with, or just be able to like, talk through and process that with them. That's exactly it. And I just feel like I've learned a lot of little phrases um, that kind of catch people and like help them. So just before we started this call, I was talking to a mom who, um, and this is my specialty is moms. I was talking to this woman who has a two-year-old and she was struggling with like, how do I do all the things for my job while my two-year-old won't take a nap and I can't do anything when he's awake. And we were going round and round and, you know, I, she was talking about how things have to get straightened out right now for what's going to happen in the future. And if she doesn't fix it right now, it won't work in another month. So here's one of my favorite phrases is don't borrow from tomorrow's problems. So like there is no need to fix something that's going to happen in one month. There's plenty of things that are happening right now today that are much more important for you to focus on. So I really love that with all moms in all stages of just figuring stuff out is when you feel overwhelmed when you're stressed out, when you're sleep deprived, is figure out what is the most important thing that needs to get done and do that. And then what's the next most important thing and do that. And some people say take it one day at a time. But for new moms, I always say take it like one hour at a time. And if an hour is too much, take it in this this bottle, this feeding, this nap. Don't think about the next thing until you're done with the current thing. Yeah, I love that. I think I think that's something that, you know, like I had to process on my own and like like really work through because I was so used to, yeah, like thinking like I'm an engineer, like that's my full-time job and and so like we work on projects that literally rely on like here's the future like you're always kind of like working on like what needs to be done, like what's going to be accomplished, like what the next task is. And like, it's like way out here, like some projects we know are not going to be done until like 10 years from now. So like you have like your scheduling, your planning, like so far out. And then it's like, now here's this little baby. And it's literally like, you don't know, like what is going to happen tomorrow. You don't even know. Yeah. Like what might happen in the next hour? Like you're dealing with like blowouts and throw up and screaming and crying and, you know, like not feeding well or not sleeping well. And, and it's just like, literally like able to change at a drop of a head. And like, I had to really just slow down and be like, what is going on right now? How can I fix this right now? (laughs) Because it's, you don't know like how they're going to be like, you know, some, like you were saying, like, they're worried, like, how is this going to work out? Or, you know, they're not like right now, my daughter isn't taking as long of naps. And like our nanny only comes like in the morning. And then, you know, I have my lunch and then, and then 
she usually used to sleep until the rest of my work day and now she's getting up earlier and I'm like we need like more childcare. like she can't be like working with mommy in here because it's distracting or if I have a meeting and like things like that so like you know we're trying to like right now be proactive with like what we can do in order to set up a better schedule that's like accommodating to now all of a sudden she's only taking hour and a half long naps instead of three hour long naps, you know? So, and that's something that just changes like month to month. Yeah. That's another thing I tell new moms and parents just in general is that like kids are moving targets. So as much as you think like, okay, I've got it figured out. It fits perfectly. Well, wait for tomorrow, right? Like things are, it's this constant evolution. And I imagine for you as an engineer, that must be super challenging because you think once you have a solution that like, this is how it goes. And for like structuring life coaching calls around stress, I just really work with people around like, let's break down everything that's on your mind. First of all, like it out. I call it the emptying out part. Like, tell me everything, empty it out, let it all go. And then once it's all out, we choose the things. What can you just straight up let go of? Like, yes, maybe you would love to vacuum your floor, but can you let go of that for today? Are you going to live, breathe, eat and sleep if your vacuum doesn't be, get run today? So we try to eliminate a couple of things off of that, like laundry list of things. And then we choose the biggest ticket items. Okay. Out of the 27 things you just told me, what are like your top three? Let's be realistic. You might get three things done today. In addition to being a mom, let's choose three. And then when you put things into perspective and you decide on what's most important, that's like the prioritization, choosing those couple of things. And then I also make sure that one of the three on the list is something for the mom, not for the baby, not for the family not for the neighbors like and in the newborn phase it might be like finding a time to take a shower like that's legit priorities you know or maybe you want to eat when the baby is napping because you want to eat with both of your hands like small really significant things people brush off but those like really maintain sanity how often do you see moms not doing those things for them all the time. That's like the number one reason I think that people reach out is because they fa- they experience this like, I don't even know who I am feeling anymore. Like, I haven't taken a shower. I haven't brushed my hair. None of my clothes fit. I haven't seen my friends in six months. And like this just sadness or overwhelm is like the biggest word. And so that's where it comes down to you need to find one thing each day, even if it's as small as taking a shower alone or eating with two hands and identifying what it really can be like to have a little flavor of who you are, who you want to be during those challenging newborn moments and toddlers. Toddlers are sometimes tougher. Yeah. And how often too do you see moms thinking like, I'm the only one that's not doing this. Like I'm the only one that's not showering or I'm the only one that can't like get a meal in. Yeah. So often everyone feels really isolated and feels like they're not doing it well enough. Or maybe if I was more efficient, I would be like such and such. And that's another huge component is like this comparison concept. And I, I do a weekly video for a lot of my life coaching clients on my Facebook group. And recently one of the videos was about like, stop comparing yourself. 
and give yourself credit for the things that you do and don't worry about what other people do. Like she's a better mom. She's a better spouse. She's a better friend. And instead acknowledging yourself for something you did do because everyone's struggling. It's a tough thing. Being a mom, I don't think anybody paints an accurate picture of what it's going to be. And then when you're in it and you feel like you're not successful and you think that everyone else is, maybe they like post this beautiful picture of themselves and their newborn, like looking all glammed up, but you don't know that it took six outfits before that because they all got pooped on and puked on and the dog ran in and like, you have no idea of the actual truth compared to what you do see. Yeah. And how else would you kind of like, cause I think that comparison game or situation is something that's very like um, prevalent right now with moms and, and something that's just like so hard to overcome. And it's, it's so much like easier said than done. Like you can be like, Oh, stop comparing, like focus just on you and like things like that. But then like when you actually go to put that in practice, it's like impossible sometimes. So like, where do you kind of like help a mom that's like really struggling with that comparison game? I'm glad you asked. I actually am doing this now with one of my clients and I usually meet with them once a week. But when someone's really struggling, I break down their one hour session with me into one 45 minute session a week and then one 15 minute check-in call that week. And so that check-in is to help them see themselves through. And so why this is meaningful and for this topic about like, how do I stop comparing myself? I have a mom right now who's really struggling, who sees that everyone's doing something better than her. So her challenge, and I call them gentle pushes, is her gentle push for the week is that she has to write down one thing every single day that she did really well as a mom. And it doesn't matter if you had 99 fails, you had this one thing that you feel like you did really well. And we've had this conversation of, well, I don't think I did anything better than anyone else. And I said, that's exactly it. I'm not comparing you to anyone. I want you to see what you did well as a mom. So some of the things that she's been able to tell me are just so amazing. Like I made a meal that my son really loved and we both sat down and smiled while we ate it. And I'm like, not every mom can do that. You know, like just showing intrinsic value in each person for what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I even think like, you know, like if you're going to compare, like compare yourself to yourself and like, sometimes that can even be like a little bit like, oh, well last week I was on top of it and like able to do everything. And like this week sucks, but like, (laughs) you know, like I think just like being like, look at how much I improved or like how you were saying before, you know, like, like getting through like and overcoming like so much. And just like being able to like realize that and see that for yourself and say like, wow, like I was able to like get through this phase of my life. Like what's stopping me from being able to get through the next phase in my life? Yes. And I often bring back the, I I take notes every time I talk to people and I love to go back after someone's been working with me for maybe six or eight weeks. I like to revisit what brought them to me. I'm like, okay. When you came to me at the very beginning, you told me that getting back to seeing your friends was really important. We haven't talked about that lately. How are you feeling about getting to see your friends again? Because sometimes we get really wrapped up in the minute by minute and the day by day thing. But people have, you know, people want to be people and women want to be social and they want to have friends. And so I, again, I gently push. And one of my clients tells me that she doesn't want a gentle push. 
she wants a forceful shove. So I have to push her a little bit more forcefully. Um, but reminding people of the things that do matter to them and drawing them out of their shells. And it is very isolating being at home with kids. So encouraging people and reminding them you pre and I also have people rate how they feel about different qualities of their life. And so then I go back and I'll say, you and you used to say that you felt like you were at a two in your ability to take care of yourself. Now you're rating it as maybe like a five or a six. Isn't that, it? that's huge growth over six or eight weeks and identify, show people the changes that they've made. You know, it's really awesome to be able to see that transition. And even for yourself, you know, to have somebody there guiding you, that's going to like take those notes and really be able to be like, well, look, like when you came here six weeks ago, or when we started meeting, you were saying that you were here. And like now, now you're able to reflect on your situation and you're, you're in a whole new place. Like you've really like transitioned and transformed into a, a, better mother or like a better whatever like you know those goals that you wanted to slowly accomplish because I think like when we're living like day to day and even like how you were saying like that new mom stage of like you know hour to hour or feeding to feeding like stuff like that we're not able to realize like the magnitude of that shift I think like having somebody you know that can really work through that with us and almost like be like a I don't know, database of like, like what our goals are and like able to accomplish and everything. I, I think like that's so needed. So like, you know, for people that, you know, have never heard about life coaching or like have never worked with a life coach or a health coach, even things like that, like, how do you feel like you're able, like able to really kind of express, express to them, like what you're able to like, work for them and how you're able to like help them. Yeah. So usually people, this is what I have found is that when people are feeling a certain way, like they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling stressed, they're feeling sad, they're feeling like whatever it is, they often think that they want to go to therapy. Right. And so therapy usually comes out as like the first train of thought. So what I like to do is I clarify for people, the differences between therapy and coaching. And so as it applies to this population of moms, now there's some pretty serious conditions that go, that moms can go through. So if it's pretty, if it's serious, like postpartum depression, if you're feeling like you can't get out of bed, if you're feeling like you're crying all the time, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you think you might harm yourself or your baby, those aren't life coaching situations. Those are call a doctor. That's really get in to see a therapist. If you're feeling overwhelmed because you're a new mom, if you're feeling lost in how to get things done, if you don't know how to manage your time, if you lost track of yourself outside of being a mom, those are things where a coach is the right supportive place. And so with that being said, what I do is I work with my clients from where they are and move them forward. Okay. That's what a coach does. They always have this forward vision. They're constantly looking towards the future. Generally speaking, therapists are trained to work on those things that have a true diagnosis. And so maybe that postpartum depression, if there's any sort of mental health with, you know, bipolar disease or any of those other like diagnosable conditions, or they're looking at people's lives going backwards. What happened in your past to make you feel this way? Were you raised in a way that has led you to believe this is the only way? And so they're looking at that history. Whereas coaches work that help you set goals, help you stay motivated or find motivation. 
they're an accountability partner. And I think that might've been a little bit of what you were trying to come to the words with of like, how do I support? I support through accountability. You told me between, you know, your weekly goal was to do one thing with a, with your husband or this, your goal was to see a friend this week. So that's what I do. I check in with you and I say, Hey, this is what you said you wanted to do. Did it happen? How did it feel when you did it? If it didn't happen, that's okay, but why not? And let's work around that. And so that's where I provide support to people is just helping them identify ways to move through their days and their lives with more ease and more fluidity and then holding them accountable. Awesome. And then so like, what do you, I guess, like, like most about being a life coach for moms? Like, what is your favorite, I guess, like area to really like work on like time management or this? Like, what, what do you like the most? You know, and this is part of who I am as a person, but I really like to help moms find a way to incorporate some sort of self-care into their life. And for me and for a lot of my clients that comes in the form of physical exercise, whether it be walking or boot camp or Zumba or swimming or, you know, whatever it is that the client likes. But when people have like a, a physical health com- paired with a mental health vision, things truly come like more easily. And so I, the way that people can kind of get their minds and bodies to work together is really important to me. And one of the other programs I offer is something called coach walking. So I'll either meet you out in public and walk with you, or we walk remotely. So you're walking and I'm walking together because then we're doing both of those things. We're exercising, And we're getting some, you know, mental stuff going on. We're clearing our heads. We're setting some goals. And it just, it allows you to free up your mind and think a little bit more clearly. I love that. That's so unique and different. And then, you know, yeah, like just being able to share a walk with somebody and like, you know, go on a walk. It's very like relaxing and kind of just like you're moving your body and your brain's going and you're able to kind of like think and trigger things that maybe like you weren't originally thinking about. So that's a really neat like concept to be able to incorporate those two things. And it's the coolest thing about it, I think, is I love the in-person sessions. But what I love more about it is I have a client who lives in Colorado and we do the walking sessions. And it's really cool because we'll both be walking and it's almost like you're creating something that's shared and you're across the country. So it can be done virtually and it's really neat when you do that. Yeah. How fun. It is cool. And then what would be kind of like your final like tips or tricks and stuff to really like give to a new mom that might be, you know, struggling or considering life coaching or really just kind of like in a place that they're just not feeling like themselves? Yeah. Well, first and foremost is, like I said, there can be some serious stuff that goes along with it. So if you're feeling really in a bad place, check with a doctor first. But what I can tell you is I've been the, I've been the client and I've also been the coach. And I fully believe that this can be transformative. Your mind is the most powerful thing that you have and your ability to think differently is kind of can be related to if you're going to a personal trainer for the first time and they're going to teach you how to exercise and your body will be incredibly sore the next day, right? You're going to be like, oh, I can't even sit down to go to the bathroom and you'll be miserable. I wouldn't tell you that life coaching makes you miserable, but it is like flexing a new muscle. It teaches you how to think in a new and different way and it allows you to see things differently 
Um, and sometimes an open, like, person just to hear you is enough to make you feel better and to tell you, like, it is totally expected that you would feel overwhelmed right now. This is an overwhelming situation. And sometimes people don't find that support from an untrained ear. And so just being able to listen compassionately and hear you is what I believe I'm best at. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you know, for like coming on and sharing everything that, you know, like, you know, and and this conversation and really just like letting us get to know you more and um, hear what you do. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So if um, someone is listening and they want to get in touch with you, what is the best way to reach you? So my website um, has a contact for my email as well. It's Deborah Kelly Life Coaching at gmail.com. Deborah is spelled the long way, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, and Kelly has no E, K-E-L-L-Y. So Deborah Kelly Life Coaching.com. That is my website. Um, and so it'll link you to my phone numbers there, my, um, email and everything is on there. So you can find me there. Awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. This has been really fun. Did you have anything else that you wanted to like maybe add or or tell the Um, I'll say one more thing that anybody who is even curious about coaching, I will always coach somebody one session for free. So that you can get a taste, so you can see if it's the right fit for you, so that you can see how comfortable you feel. And so please, my contact information is on there. um, And I'd be more than willing to talk to you at least once for free. Awesome. So fun. (laughs) Thank you. Well, this wraps up yet another episode of Entering Motherhood. I hope that you have found this episode helpful. And if you liked it, please share it with others who might also benefit from this information. If there's anything that you'd like to know more about, or maybe you know someone who'd like to be on the show, please visit my website, enteringmotherhood.com. I'm so thrilled to be going on this journey with you and getting the amazing opportunity to help moms during this postpartum experience. You can also now find us on Instagram and Facebook at Entering Motherhood.